0: Travelcast B-Sides, Episode 67: The Wanderers by Bonnie Joe Stufflebeam. Bonnie Joe Stufflebeam's fiction and poetry has appeared in over 40 magazines and anthologies, such as The Toast, Clark's World, Lightspeed, Smoke Long Quarterly, Hobart, and Goblin Fruit. For a complete list, visit her stories and poetry page. She lives in Texas with her partner and two literally named cats, Gimli and Don Quixote. She holds an MFA in creative writing from the University of Southern Maine's Stone Coast program. The story first appeared in Clark's World 77, February 2013. The story is read to you by Trendane Sparks and produced by Drabblecast producer Adam Pratt. So without further ado, we bring you The Wanderers by Bonnie Jo Stuffleby.
1: The Wanderers by Bonnie Joe Stufflebean. We came to your planet because we knew that you, the peoples of Kill Bill and Saw and Vietnam and Columbine Massacre, would understand us. You cannot call us monster as our subjects had done, and you would not call us morally reprehensible, arising from actual or imputed bad character or conduct. We watched your entertainments. Our satellites catching your transmissions from so many fog years away. Through so much space, we marveled at the quality of transmission. The other planets never sent out such good entertainments. Yours, we liked the most, the four of us, as our subjects screamed from the metal chambers which we had them locked in and which we never strayed from so we could hear them as they cried. Names of our place would not fit in your world of dirt and blue sky. Our names are too convoluted, too garbled in the throat, so we gave ourselves your names. Joker and Samara and Alexander Great and Corleone. We matched them to personalities and memorized them and learned your language from the entertainments and from a red book, Webster's, that made it through the satellites and into the entertainment machines. We used a laser to transfer it across our skin as we soaked the words in through our bodies, which we now know would look to you like extended shadows in two little sun or ghosts, blank of mouths except when we need them and they open in our skins, our stretched, translucent bodies full of fog inside. Once we had our names and were bored of our own subjects who begged us not to go, not to go, because, much like in your world, in ours, we of violence are royalty. We launched ship despite their grabby hands and watched out the window as our subjects bowed low in our absence and wailed like the dying birds of your planet as our ship sunk down into your earth and broke the bird bones to pieces. Crows, our eye scans told us, for we had rigged them to match word to physical scans. It seemed when we landed that we had arrived in a realm of crows, which was not what we had desired. And so we walked on from that place, black sand beneath and hot ball of roiling gas sun above, so we would no longer hear the shriek song of crow throats. Before you mention it, I will admit that, yes, we had come to be your leaders. We had come to slay the ones you called leader before us, and to take your whips and reins into our ephemeral hands. This is metaphor, we think. Your red book is unclear on metaphor, but we knew from your entertainments, which like all good entertainments must be based of truth, that you would not fault us this. That you would open your mouths in complaint and tell us you would destroy us, but that it would delight you to be forced to try. Yes. We knew we had found people who would fight back, would claw their way past us to trade places, to be us, to be top. Our subjects let us lead too long. No resistance. They screamed but never tried to flee. Called us names and meant them because they did not have in them what we four have in us. Need to dominate. Need to be on top. Need to press our metaphor feet into metaphor peoples and metaphor grind them into metaphor dirt. We wandered until we came to dirt. It was same as black sand but made us sink less when walking. Around us the sky turned hazy orange and then cold. We had heard of cold. We loved it. Loved how it rattled us inside, how we shook without meaning to. Finally in our shake we decided to speak to try our hands at voice in the strange air we did not breathe for fear it might poison us. We used the breath we stored inside, enough for two fog years at least, more waiting in the ship for refuel. This place was like Iraq War, I said. The voice surprised me, shrill and unsure. I was of Corleone name. I was of that name because I stood tallest, reddest, not strongest of body, but strongest of mind. It was me who had absorbed most of Red Book, me who writes this now to you so you will know our reasons for coming. Is like war, Alexander Great said, cold is shaky like Cloverfield. Alexander Great, she, strongest of body, made comfort comment, as there in the cold we remembered the best part of you and your planet. You were expecting us, had been expecting us for years. We saw Alien and War of Worlds and Roswell Area 51 Alien Autopsy revealed. Maybe, we thought, you had met us before, those of other planets. We knew you did not have the ways to leave your planet and visit ours. Your technology, too primitive. Too much of it spent on production of entertainments. We also saw your entertainments of Moon Landing and Mars Rover Mohawk Man, and these were not as entertaining, and we knew they must be true. You could not go as far as us. You would not be able to escape, and you would accept us more because of this. As we walked over black dirt, we heard humming. The fog in Joker's body cavity swirled and bounced. He curved his mouth, twisted it. He mimicked the laugh of your entertainment royalty for whom he had been named. Hear them, he said. Hear them, hear them, hear them! We did not know if words were questions or answers, if they required response. We looked to Samara, who had yet to let out her voice, always so quiet. We gave her chance. Nothing. Yes, Alexander Great said. Yes, I repeated. It was good exchange. Fair. Each of us had turned to speak, and all but one took it. We would respect each other, for we were closest of kinfolk. We would not hurt our siblings. We walked until on horizon there were boxes taller than us, taller than what we had seen in entertainments. Boxes that reached up higher than sky. The humming increased as we came upon what we called city of boxes. Dirt hardened so much there was no sinking when walking. Just perfect light of black dotted with piles of chalky ash. Streets. Light of black then faded to lighter, lighter black in two thin lines on both sides. Which in the entertainments we used to see your kind walk upon as metal beast machines you call cars zipped down the hard dirt middles. Now there were none of you walking. The metal beast machines slept still. Some pulled to the side, some stopped right in middles. Each one inches away from the other, nearly touching faces. We were wary of these beast machines, for had seen them in entertainments, fast, running into one another, always crashing, explosions that made no sense to us as physics, and so we concluded that beast machines must be weapons. Stay back from beast machines, I said. This is weapon they can use against us when we declare us leaders. We must dismantle them. How? Alexander Great asked. She is only one willing to show her brain weakness. Joker would never ask such questions. And Samara, she is different in this landscape. At home, she was quiet, but aware. Here, she mostly unable to find the way. Her face all bunched up like wrinkled water, digging through piles of ash as if she were looking for you in there. We bent and searched the beast machine for clue as to dismantle device. I ran hands along backside and did not feel its breath. Did not feel energy inside waiting to be released. I looked through a window and saw ash inside, too. One pile in each seat. I wondered if Beast Machine decomposing. Dead already! I said. Already? "Already." Joker wavered in a circle, turned around and around, and the air followed him, rippling as if mirage. Already dead! Already dead! Samara looked down at the surface below us. We waited, eyes on her. When nothing came, I tried an machine. It too, no energy inside. No breath, no battery life, no fog to animate its metal casing. All down and down streets, metal beast machines sleep like the fishes. Sleeping beast machine was first thing. Second thing was sky. For as sun came up again, sky, was not blue of entertainments. It was same color as hardened dirt. Lighter, black, foggy like our insides. The sun burst through the fog but did not clear it. We should have felt kinship with fog. So similar an eye scan to our fog energy inside. But it was different sort of fog. Darker fog. Dirty. Too dirty to swallow. Third thing was you. There were none of you. We searched streets but nothing. We went inside buildings, pressed our hands to doors until we felt how they opened, but none of you were there either. No explosion marks like of comet extinct dinosaurs or deep impact, but more like the road or I am legend, only not like those at all because there were not even one of you left and no monsters in the shadows. Your buildings full of empty chairs and desks and the reek of rotting sustenance. Outside again, we found the humming come from moving picture screens suspended across building in middle of other picture screens that did not move, but proclaimed in bold red letters. Say no to loneliness. Playmates are here to warm you in the night. Accompanying the words, a picture of two of your people twisted together in strange dance. The moving picture screens showed us image like entertainment, but not as good... Just one people, fascinated with her own head fur, shaking it, running hands through it, closing one eye at the screen as if dirt in it, words flashing at the bottom which we translated with bookskin, relating to one that possesses or exhibits a quality in abundance as if in concentrated form from a seed-producing annual, biennial or perennial that does not develop persistent woody tissue but dies down at the end of a growing season. Must be religion. "'Alexander Great said, "'We pay tribute to you, goddess Herbal Essence.' "'She shouted at the moving picture screen. "'I hoped that her loud words would call you out, "'but the picture people were all there was of you. "'We've come to conclusion as to your whereabouts now. "'After searching city and suburb and finding it all empty, "'not even your body's there to rot in sun. "'I wish you had not frightened so easily. "'I wish you had not hidden yourselves away.' We would not have ruled you poorly. We would have given you the things you need, food, water, boxes, and screens to compose your entertainment. So we would have worked you until you bled. So we would have turned your undergrounds to torture chambers. We would have given everyone equal turn. Everyone not worry anymore about these money, things, and sickness. We have technology for this. No more like bad entertainments, patch atoms, and it's a wonderful life, which were not your best, I'm sure you know. No fun in these. No time for violence when worried with sick and money. We would make sure there was time. When we went to suburbs, we found smaller boxes, all empty there, too. Ash piles in driveways and ash piles in food rooms and ash piles in dead grass outside. We looked at each other out in hazy sun and I told them you had gone. These people smarter than we thought, I said. They saw ship come down and they turned on invisibility devices. Their technology better than we imagined, like Harry Potter. They use cloaks to hide from us. Why hide? Alexander Great asked. Hide? Joker said. Hide, hide! (laughs) They hide because stubborn. They do not like idea of being ruled. They want rule themselves. They do not understand that we rule them better. That bring peace by giving violence. That our people loved us, that they would love us too. Come out! Joker yelled. That's not the way. Samara said, they won't come out. Can't. She bent and stuck her hand into a pile of ash. Let ash fall through fingers. When she held palm out for us to see... Small chunks of white remained and flattened piece of metal with red jam attached. His bodies, she said. We said nothing, just stared. Then burst laughs. <laughs> Perfect joke, Alexander Great said. He's good. Worthy of entertainments. Samara let the pieces fall to ground, nodding but did not laugh with us. We're alone, she said. We laughed again. We will figure out invisibility, I said, sensing Samara's distress despite her attempt at brightening mood. Do not worry, Samara. Rest of kinfolk will all be as planned soon. Inside box we found empty rooms with frames on walls showing people smiling too wide to be true, and your own entertainment box, and portable entertainments which we loaded in and let scan. There were few we had not seen. We explored rest of house and found entertainment boxes in two more rooms. Portable entertainments of many shapes. your likes your grand theft auto on your silent hill. Thinks these are every bit as good as the entertainments we grew up with. Maybe better because interactive. I did not watch him do these for long. I explored rest of the box. There were many items I could not find sense for. Little wooden blocks. Couch covered with so many pillows you could not sit on. So this is what I understood couches for. I poked at pillows in case they had special power, but they seemed just pillows. There was dead flower and glass vase and pictures on wall that did not move. These things rarely noticed in your entertainments. I had not thought of them before, of their what and why. I touched on moving picture and nothing happened. I touched frames where little kinfolk pictured lived and nothing there too. I tried to match confusion to red book. Wise to read book, but could not find reasons for objects' existence. I sat on couch with too many pillows, on top of all pillows, and thought, maybe we do not understand you as well as we thought. We are willing to compromise. If you show yourselves, we will try our best to be gentle and make Lonely disappear like unmoving picture in Square that promised playmates for Lonely like us. Where are our playmates? We see on the empty city. Please, come out. Come out, wherever you are. In your room of bath, I found Samara turning knobs for water. She looked up when I came in, left knob on. Water poured from faucet and disappeared down drain. I sat on edge of tub and watched as fog filled room. Looked like fog inside us. There was one window in room, and the fog went toward it, as if trying to run. It warmed our bodies and we watched as it swirled toward light. I thrust my hand into the air and touched it. Never had I touched the fog before. It made hands wetted and clammy and moved around me as I stood up into it. I wanted to open my mouth and breathe it in, but was not right kind of fog for breath. Wanted part of your world inside me for understand. Wanted to feel as if some part of you was still here to be consumed and ruled but I let the fog drift toward the window, and when it had collected and hung there, I opened window and let it out.
0: This story was brought to you by Drabblecast Productions. Special thanks to Travelcast art editor Bo Kier for the art. Check him out at BoKire.com. And special thanks to you, the Travelcast B-side subscriber. Without your help, we couldn't do what we do, and we greatly appreciate it.